Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Surreal Football Podcast. Wait, right, we got this. We fucking got this. This week with the European self fuck. Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. Can we do that again? Go on, Banks and go. <laughs> go for it. Go on, Banks. I, I promise. I promise we got it right. Oh, am I going again? You're not going again. You go again. Right. This week, with the European season about to kick off, we're delighted to be hosting a special Euro Curtain Razor episode. We're going to be having all the... Oh, fuck. Right, give me that. <laughs> this week, with the European season about to kick off, we're delighted to be hosting a special Euro Curtain Razor episode where we're going to have all the podcasters, but sadly, the, sadly not sadly, the Andes had to pull out, uh, but we'll do that again in the future, I'm sure. But we do have, of course... Myself. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, wife, well, I think we're going to have to put the dinner on hold for an hour because this is going to take a while. <laughs> manager of the biggest team in Glasgow. When's, when are they joining? Uh, <laughs> no, my team is the biggest story oh. in Glasgow. Okay, sorry. Not in Liverpool, Glasgow. You just heard Big John from Ireland uh, joining myself. is obviously Hybe, and you'll never walk alone to discuss game week 192, the European season at Philly, kind of starting. Without Italy. Let's get into it. So, right now, it's, it's me now, is it me? Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Well, welcome, everyone, apart from the Andes. Welcome. I definitely think this should be scrapped. <laughs> right. And that's and that's 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 a wrap. I feel like I've just sang a Christmas carol with my family in front of people that, I know. That brings us <laughs> to today's fancy football podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the content. Editing's not fun, and this is going to be a disaster, Hobie, so good luck you, with that. You should put this out as an uncut five-minute... Uh, thing afterwards yeah no i'm just gonna leave it i think people will enjoy this this is the raw unedited this is what it's usually like there's just so much chemistry they're gonna be like they're gonna be blown away people don't <laughs> they heard quinny they heard john they heard me mark they don't know what's going on what is this pod special episode 50 <laughs> like this is this is crazy what what is happening what are we talking about this week this is a podcast people need to sit down for that's the big game week new scarcity stuff and Austria as well, so tons of stuff going on. Yeah, just a just a brand new league with twelve teams. Easily forgotten. Oli Jupiter cards back again, fourth season. And the new managers page. Yeah, that was huge as well, isn't it? I think like I think that's really exciting. I think the future iterations of it will be even better. But I mean, even just for now, it's a big improvement on, on what was there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's amazing that after all of that, we still haven't talked about one hundred eighty thousand dollar Kevin De Bruyne unique. How much he went for? That's pretty good, man. Well, time time you've applied the golden taxes. Got you. See one yeah. thing with the new club as I see the offers received. I very rarely get the email anymore. If I do, it's well after the fact. I kind of need to keep checking my direct offers received. Or sometimes I'll get an email and I'll go, "Oh, brilliant!" And I'll open it and there'll be like three bids there, and I was only expecting there to be one. Have you had any kind of wee ghosts or gremlins or whatever? Um, I, I seem to get the, the emails intermittently as well. So sometimes in the the old setup, I would get that. So you're you're not actually seeing it until you know the, the offer's been taken away. It's quite often, I don't know, do you guys find that, that you'll get the email, you've had the, these offers in, and you go and look, and they've already been taken away. And it might only be a couple of minutes after you've checked. Sometimes that's people shaking the bed, but putting yeah, off and so. then run away. I do that all the time. I stick an offer in, and then, as you say, shake the bed and just cancel it. But at least now with the transactions, you can see when people have sent it and cancelled, can't you? You just tease people with your Yeah, I like can I maybe pepper on somebody with wee bids like that sometimes. I've not done it in ages. Just so they know, like, oh, I'm kind of interested, but this is where I'm kind of looking about. And then just leave them alone for ages. <laughs> and then maybe go back to it a wee bit later once they see nobody else's interest. It's only me kind of thing. 
Um, that's a good wee kind of just a wee pepper, you know. Just send a few bids that you no one get accepted, but let them know you're sniffing, you know, that kind of thing. But do they know you're sniffing, or have they blocked you? Um, I don't think anyone's ever blocked me. I'm a pretty big deal. I, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> oh, you're you're a big deal. I'm saying, <laughs> what, what about what about your offers? I mean, I, I I run out of people to send me offers every day. I mean, as soon as I get something which I consider to be pitiful, um, it's pretty much straight a uh, straight block. Um, you know, I, I can't see how anyone that sends you an offer for 0.03 for a card of any value is ever going to come back and go, yeah, you know, I was only trying it on. I'll give you an ETH for him. It's just not going to happen. Let's uh, eradicate these uh, this this behaviour. It's a it's a funny one at the minute. Like with the increase in ETH, do you know, there's a lot of offers that you get, and you're like, that's like nowhere close. And then when you actually go and look at the latest fiat sales. It's not far off, you know, because I, I've been talking to people and I've been saying, I'll give you this. And they're like, not a chance, you chancer. And I'm like, well, if we actually go back to the last sale and then sort of tie that up with with where it's at at the minute, I'm actually beating that by 200 quid. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm matching it and giving you an extra 200 quid. And then they're like, oh, yeah, uh, no, thanks. I'll, I'll wait. And you're like, fuck. Like, what, what do you want me to do here? <laughs> like, yeah. I think value in players is really hard, isn't it? Like, it, it is really hard. Everyone's got different ways they're playing the game, different strategies. Some people are playing quite a short-term flipping approach and others aren't looking at it long-term. And how, how much can that particular card bank me over several seasons? And maybe it, it differs as well across the tiers. And so your your star players, there's going to be more of that, that, that consideration around what can that player pick me up over time how successful can that help my club be? So I know, Quinny, you've got that Hikimi as a, a card that, you know, yep. how, how do you value him? The, the current market prices? Would, would like, you I, put... a, a card like that, like, it's kind of, I was kind of going on this kind of train of thought when John was talking, but I, and, and then what you were saying, Heidi, because like, there's cards that we all have that were short-term on and were long-term on, depending on why you got it, how you got it as well, plays a big part in it. And, you know, like Hikimi, for example, or maybe some of the cards you guys have been trying to get, if someone like looks at it as a long-term card, then it needs to be something. You, you guys all have had that feeling before. For us, like, mate, you're going to need to offer me something silly to get this out of my hands, even though you kind of know like a silly offer is not going to come because of just real-world values. So with Hakimi, like, like, I don't know. I think when I look at it, and I was getting if I get an offer for it, I think what would I sell that for? You know, what is that crazy amount? And it changes all the time. You know, I don't really know where where East at at the moment, but you know, I was trying to compare it as well as possible to something else especially at super rare level it's hard to get like especially at any given moment in time an accurate market price because there is only 10 only five are auctioned and if the first three are auctioned the first three months the guy's on the platform and then it doesn't get another one for five months and in that time is form rockets he transfers and all the rest of it then it is really down to conjecture it's really down to your own kind of maths almost you know so that is a tough one but that kind of brings so with what I was saying there, I'll, you know, what you guys will, will probably agree with me on is like, we all have these different cards. Some of them are short term, some of them are long term, right? And a lot of managers, especially when they're newer, everyone is like quite like immediate term. Like I need to get five guys now that will rock up and pick up ETH and then I need to get another couple of guys that will rock up for the next month or two, maybe help with towards a card. And a lot of guys are always in that kind of immediacy cycle. And when you get events like what we're about to go through today and what's about to happen to us this weekend, game week 192, but it's like the prizes are dripping off the shelf, you know, they're overflowing, they're everywhere. 
everyone wants to be involved, everyone wants to be excited. I think those kind of events waking up people that are very immediate to like, shit, man, if I only bought two guys like three months ago uh, with this in mind, I'd be in a wildly better situation than I am today. With that kind of thing in mind, how do you guys feel prepared for game week 192? Do you feel like you've maybe could have done a bit more shopping leading up to this, like three months ago or whatever? Or do you feel like you're set and ready to rock? There's always mm-hmm. players I want to add. There's definitely. I feel I've not got enough super rares. There's certain you know positions that I'm probably lighter on um, up front. I've got far too many midfielders and, and defenders. Like last last week, or I think for sorry, yeah, for this game week, I've got over thirty keepers available, seven under twenty three keepers. The choices are just too many, but they're they're also really good to have. I have to keep reminding myself that, that there are lighter game weeks, and that's the reason I've built my collection that way. But there's definitely gaps. And so I'm trying to now have a think around how do I you know, reduce the, the volume in there and maybe add a, a few higher end purchases just to, to complement the, the good players I have. I'm looking at some of my lineups this week and I've got so many under 23 players. I think one of my, my champion Europe teams is a, a full... Stand a chance this week, boys. Sounds like Hybe's going to clean up. Yeah, no. Nah. So, it's, uh, many, I, I, so I many choices. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but it's what I do with those choices. Are you striking is, is a little problem. cat there going, <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's it's a headache. I think I'd, I'd rather have less options and be able to send, to... send me the cards that you don't want to make the decisions with then, and then you'll have less options, and then you'll better make your teams easier. That's all. I'll pass. First word of problems, I have too many options. I wish I had less. How do how to win friends and influence people, Hybe? Yeah. We'll cut this bit out of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, like, sorry, what were you saying? I bet, no, no, he's, he's, saying. I bet he's thankful there's no Serie A players that would make it even more challenging to make my teams this week. Let's talk about Nubal for a second, just to kick me back down. Six points. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to talk about him because it's not just you who got stung. I think I think half the platform got stung on the Nubal they've been holding for a year. Heartbreaking score. Um, but in terms of my sort of setup for the next week, I went and built teams there. And I think it's the most competitive lineups I've stuck out. Like I've got seven lineups out. That's uh, Europe, um, Challenger and Champion, and then three under 23 teams and two all-star teams. But I mean, like they're all in with a chance, do you know? So I think that's the most I've ever done because in this sort of European offseason, I've done a lot of buying. But I've realized that like I didn't actually buy enough super rares. I've, I've got like 17 or 20 or something at the minute. And I thought like the balance was kind of there, like a sort of four to one ratio to the rares. But like I have honestly like 10, 15 decent players, do you know, like really decent players who are rare that I just, I, I'm not playing. And it's like, what? But I think a lot of that could be down to moves, injuries, transfer rumors, all sorts of stuff. It's the uncertainty of them playing. So the standard of the players that I'm benching are, are, are higher than they've ever been. And it's making me think maybe I should just sell those players and buy more super rares. But then the, the kick in the nuts with that is that there will be those midweeks, there will be those weekends where the players that I'm not playing this week will be the focal point of my teams and the players that are playing this week. Well, you just said the exact same thing I just said. Did I just say that? 
I don't yeah, think. but I mean, I'm a great. Okay, you got to say your piece. There was, less, there was piece. less bragging involved. I think the audience will probably uh, <laughs> side, 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 side I'm sure with John on this one. They'll feel sorry for John the way the way they will. Across, they across they'll well. think you're some greedy so and so the way you were, you, you were describing your choices this week. That's yeah, true. you're you're probably in unique territory, Hybe. Though, like, I, I'm sort of struggling with super rares. You're a whale. Like, you've like 400 and something r- r- rares. When are you getting your first unique? I've had uniques. Yeah, have you? Yeah, not for me. Hope me that. Hold yeah. them for two hours, John, and sells them for profit. <laughs> so I, I've never, I've had three, and I've never held them for more than 30 minutes. One of them I had held for seven minutes. And Hide so e- each of them, no, no, each of them, so I never listed them. I got offers immediately for them, all for more than I paid. So one of them was Mr. Carapu, the, the third one. I bought it for three ETH, and he paid me four point. He came in like 17 minutes later with 4.5 ETH. I paid for half my Mbappe at the time, but yeah, jeez, it was. I, I've never actually taken that leap, and I probably should have a year ago, straight into the unique market. But I feel probably now it's quite expensive. It's probably out of my range unless I really done a, a bit of a, a reshuffle, sold some of the the rares in the collection, and 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 really hard. Without, without wishing to digress, have you have you watched the price of uniques over the last few weeks? I mean, there's uniques that are pick, picked up for between half an ETH and two ETH, under two ETH. I know ETH obviously has advanced uh, in fiat terms, but there are still people that are prepared to pay three quarters of, I'll use Quinny's, three quarters of a coin, a coin, one and a half coins for strong rare cards. Yet people still won't take that plunge on unique cards, which are in some cases, a third or, or half the price of, of rare cards. Yeah, I think, I don't know what that is. And I can see it myself, because you can see a lot of rares, the star rares, people are comfortable paying several thousand pounds for them. But then same people who are maybe very interested in those players are not looking at the, the high-end super rares and the, the uniques, which don't quite scale. So, you know, obviously they're not going 10 times or 100 times the, the price, which the the scarcity would suggest that's what they, they may be valued at. So, yes, it's, a, it's an interesting one. What what do you think causes that? Do you think there's a safety blanket off with the rares? Well, I was, listening to the two, I was listening to Andy and uh, Sean, PSU uh, fans, um, on their uh, podcast or videocast. I think it was yesterday that they posted it up. And uh, they went into a discussion about how people are happy to win tier three cards. Great. And how tier three cards can evolve to become monsters. And they use Kikuchi as an example. So, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, you know, I don't think any of us really knew who this kid was. Okay. He was a tier three prize and some people were picking him up and all of a sudden he went on to become, you know, one of the top, if not the top uh, def- scoring defenders on the platform. And again, his rares were trading hands for three quarters of an ETH. Sometimes I think a, a little bit more. So, People can, and, and with under 23s as well, a non-playing under 23 can quite quickly establish themselves in the team and you can make tenfold, twentyfold, you know, what, what you what you paid for them. Whereas people don't tend to see that with uh, uniques. And yeah, okay. I mean, sometimes when you look now at the amount of tournaments that you can enter, I think you still need that uh, strength of depth, you know, whether whichever scarcity you're using. I mean, I picked up a card a few... Let's have a look on the date. This is Christian Lamer from Newell's Old Boys, which is a card that I probably wouldn't have ever ordinarily looked at. But I think one week I was missing 
a unique that I could so I could enter three uniques and two super rares just to squeeze into a division one. And I picked up a bundle of Newell's old boys, didn't know any of them. Uh, this guy looked pretty reasonable, 30 year old defender, and the bundle cost less than 0.8. And this in his last four scores have been 67, 91, 75, 63. And I have used him and he's won me a couple of prizes. Um, but I think people would still want the security of saying, you know what, I'd rather have a Trent or a Virgil van Dijk or a Salah for that price than take that step up. Yet we've probably all, and a lot of people listening, I would imagine, all feel, you know what, I've probably got too many rares. You know, if only I'd may have had a, if only I hadn't bought those extra 10 rares and I've bought Super, if only I hadn't bought those extra 20, I might be able to have a one or two uniques now. And it might not be a competitive, I can play Division 1, but one unique in amongst four Super rares is, is pretty powerful in Division 2 as we know when you start mixing super res in with res in division three so it's all relative so for this game week marky boy do you feel ready to rock with, with your peers or do you feel like you've missed out on a few or you could have got a few more no i i think my 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 strategy will be to live and die by liverpool over the course of this season more often than not if liverpool have got a game week you know it's probably the team that i i'd like to think i can try and be confident with the starting lineup without having to go and search for news left right and center if Liverpool lose, you know, then I've got nothing to complain. I can't win anything. Goal. I might pick up a couple of threshold points. That's it. But if Liverpool win, I'd like to, you know, hope I'll get a slice of the action. So, yeah, I've watched all our pre-season games. Um, there's a few selection dilemmas. Will he go with Jota? Will he go with Firmino? Um, you know, Simicast now slots in for, for, for Robertson. Uh, who goes alongside Matip van Dijk, which looks like the two. So there'll be, you know, I'm sure I'll make mistakes on some of the teams. But I'd rather go down that route than, you know, start to think, oh, who's back? Who's going to play for Porto this week? Or who's back? And, you know, what's the buying lineup? What's this? So, you know, you can expect me to to, to go with uh, Liverpool this weekend, I think. I mean, I did post a, what I thought was an amazing looking team last weekend for the cha challengers. And that got shot to pieces within five minutes of the game week. Uh, Rangers press conference. No, no Haji. And then Sakala didn't start. And I think uh, Mignolet then conceded in the 95th minute or something ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, I think I just quietly go about my business with Liverpool players. And if they do well, great. And if they don't, on to the next week. Is Matip nailed this weekend? But I think uh, Matip will start, yeah. I think um, he's done enough pre-season. Milner as well. I think from the second friendly that was played on the Monday night, uh, it's whether or not Fabino's got enough minutes under his belt to uh, to, to make the midfield three. Um, and Bobby Firmino scored a brace, which makes uh, the decision between him and Jota a little bit more difficult. But uh, I think the Liverpool team pretty much picks itself. And after this week, yeah, I think uh, Burnley at home and Chelsea at home pick a settled team. Will these guys make the prize pools for this game week? I was a bit disappointed about an element or two of it. Are you guys hate? I think the special weekly looks absolutely crazy. It's the thing that stands out to me. Like when I looked at it and I seen that like 66 people or something get super rares, I was like, I know a lot of them are tier three, but I thought that was mad for the fact that it's like maximum 40 score players from there to Vasey. Like I can't feel the team there without going and buying a bunch of shite. But I think it's amazing for people who have those cheaper players to be able to sort of progress and get those super rares. So I think it's it's really good in terms of progression for managers on lower budgets, but at the same time, 66 super rares in a special weekly, it's like, dear God, spread some of those across the D4s or something. I don't know. Yeah, at, at the moment, what there's 102 prizes in total and there's 149 entries. I know we've still got nearly 
a day left, but you don't I wonder know. how many of those are perhaps four-man teams, you know, hoping that other people are putting in a four-man team. Um, and then it's still being, you know, as you said, two-thirds of the people are pretty much going to get a prize. Like finding players who have a maximum 40 average who definitely play, who are nailed, mm-hmm. it's tough and it doesn't really incentivize me to go hunting because I think I could go and buy five players. If, I mean, if you're talking a keeper as well, because I don't have the keeper locked and loaded, it would be a four-man team. You're probably talking in Quinny terms half a coin and it's like it's just hard to justify that um but again if, if you are in a position where you can enter i think it's it's a no-brainer this week isn't it well john i mean some of us don't have hundreds and hundreds of cars to choose <laughs> from do we so uh, for some people there's the special weekly it should be a, a walk in the park i've got a line up in and I'm, i seem to be getting a few offers in for this rodney congola congolo i vanic my yannick van osh sold earlier this week for 0.3 and I was, one, I was like, oh, wow, the market's popping. But I didn't even realise that was a stipulation. I just thought it was edited easy. I've just looked at it now, and that'll be why. So somebody's Yeah, been- I did I did wonder why certain players weren't shown as available for it, and I was going to check later, but that doesn't make sense. Good eyes there, John, spotting the maximum Aye. 40. I just, oh, yeah. I, I just bashed a team in the other day there, and I'll always look to then try and do them closer, make some amendments mm. closer to the deadline. Well, I've seen some news. But- if you look at the actual contents of the prize pool as well, the tier one supervisor at the top, you've got a Joe Paolo, you've got a Polino that's at um, Sporting Lisbon. It's actually a decent prize pool from like, the top end. The tier threes, I'm not going to go for that, so it'll take forever. But see the actual contents of the prize pools that we've got, guys, in the rare category this week, guys like, um, oh, sorry, that was tier one I went to, like Neymar, Lewandowski, Courtois, a lot of the big European cards are back in the pools again. Um, you know, have you taken the contents of the pools into consideration when you've been building your teams this week? Do you know what? I don't at all. I, I just put in what I have available. I've got a collection of cards that what's in the prize pools over time and longer term you know, will influence what I want to t- potentially target. But game week to game week, I can only put in what I, what I have available and where that's going to you know, deliver the best, re- best results. So, yeah, maybe we'll look between you know, two divisions like under-23s and, and champion for example, and okay. see what's the balance like there. But yeah, it's not something I've taken to. I'll give you an example, right? See if you compare the champion Euro star rares to the global all star star rares. The top end, you've still got Neymar and Courtois, right? And Lewandowski. But in champion Euro, you also have Kimmich and Lukaku in the pool this week. So, you know, if your direct decision was target, like let's say all star D3, because that's where the star rares mainly are, or champion D3. Do you think, you know, is it, you know, also it doesn't really seem to be, but that's something that I've been taking into consideration this week. It's been giving me a wee bit of headaches because while I was trying to avoid, and I think you guys might be the same, but it's trying to just make a team to then make sure that you can get more lineups out as a result. I was trying my best to try and just focus on what is the best five I could possibly put now in this kind of order of proceedings. Um, but when I see things like that in the pool, it definitely does like make me stop and think and go, do you know what, like if I'm winning this, the star rare the top end if it was to hit jackpot and you know three sevens get much better chance of it being like a big ticket item that i'm pulling out yeah see that you mentioned there about trying to get as many teams in as possible or going that other route and i know you won't have that problem (laughs) no no but it is is a problem i think it's (laughs) something that lots of people do do face don't they so you look at who have i got available how many keepers have i got how many teams can i get out and you start to spread them around and Maybe you're you're not getting the, the best possible lineups and giving yourself the best chance of podium and 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 getting 
know, card rewards. So, yeah, I think I have went away from that. Maybe not for MLS and in Asia because I've only got what I've got there. But I think with all the other divisions, it's more of a, a choice now. So I will look at what's the preferred division, where do I want to win cards from, which is typically Champion Europe or under-23s, and then put my, my strongest lineups possible in them, and then I'll fill out the rest. Can I ask you a wheel question? Um, you'll never walk alone, I'll probably be the best one to answer this. Jeez, you're a wheel. I could hear you splash when you opened up the Zoom call. The <laughs> D2, My D2 under-23s, right? Tell me, is this worth my while? Honestly, I just don't know if I should be better distributing these among D3s or if this is... This is my first ever D2 team that I feel has somewhat of a chance. But maybe I'm naive, right? I've got five super rares. That's the first question, right? I'm going to be against Uniques. I've got Schubert, who's up against... Whatever about the fixtures. Schubert, George Bello, Efrain Alvarez, Kakare, and Jonathan David. All solid enough players. But like, is five super rares a waste? Would I be better distributing them and get maybe... Uh, an all-star D3 that's a bit stronger and a champion D3 or is the global under 23 D2 like is that an option or am I being stupid no no I don't think you're being stupid at all I mean in terms of the global uh the under 23 division two payouts I know that there's been some criticism of the fact that that seems to be the the uh the ugly duckling uh at the moment in terms of what it pays out but on a massive game week like this, when every single region is open, you're going to find it. There's not going to be many people who are going to be able to afford the luxury of putting a unique in a Division 2 and cover all the bases in, in Division 1 as well. Uh, there might be some people that have got one or two or three uniques and they might go, I'll tell you what, yep, yeah, I'll stick one in there, one in there. But look, I don't think, you know, if you've got five starting Super Airs in a Division 2, you got a great chance, no? Um, you know, and I don't think what's just looking at it now. There's 99 entrants so far. How does that compare to on uh, Global All Star Division Two? There's 226. 226 entrants. So in terms of, you know, you got a hell of a lot more chance putting them in from the 23 than than All Star Two, and you know you're, you're going to be guaranteed an under 23 prize as well. Which, as I say, I take I take it under. I don't mind taking an under 23 prize from any region versus the frustration of going into an all-star division with a predominantly European-based team and then walking away with an Asian or an MLS card afterwards. That's, for me, quite frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go under 23 all day long. And, and I'm, I'm hoping at some point when they finally get to the end of the tweaking process for these dynamic rewards that uh, they see sense and under 23 is, is put up there alongside you know, global all-star and not just, uh, oh, you know, it's, it's you know, we you know we want to move the, the goalposts. I mean, I, I was, you know, showed a bit of frustration last week. And uh, yeah, I think the under 23 is is and should be one of the most prestigious tournaments. Um, you know, I think everybody that comes to the platform has an eye for, for, for talent or, or, or enjoys watching youngsters and yeah, I want to, I want to, but they, you don't go and scout a 28 year old and hope that they improve by the time they're 30. You're looking at picking up some of the youngest people on the platform and, and some of the cards that we all own might take two or three seasons before they're regulars in the team. But if you've picked up some 16, 17 year olds over the last year or so, and they do take two seasons to come to, you know, playing 90 minutes a week, then you deserve everything you get if they're, if they're performing while there. And uh, to think that, you can go and just line up a, a load of 
30 plus year old K-leaguers to win a Kylian Mbappe, I don't think that's the way forward. I think you should be rewarded now for the work you're doing and the scouting you're doing on the in the under 23 side. Well, Agreed. yeah, the thing is with the under 23s, you know, I'm out here like a chump spending a massive premium buying under 23s because I want to play under 23s. If they're pulling out some of the players from that prize pool and sticking it in global for people to go on by, you know, like a bit a budget sort of threshold grinding team that one week bangs and scores 370 points and bags a, a big under 23 card. It's just, it, you, you do feel a bit conned like because you're sitting paying through your teeth for these under 23s because I know I want to win under 23s. Well, and, and um, answer answer the question the other way. I mean, if it is your if one of your under twenty three player cards is better than what the card that you're considering to put in into your star, then sacrifice the under twenty three team. You know, it's always about put. If you said you've got seven teams for this game week lined up, well, is would you you know if if you can find a way of making six stronger teams, would you sacrifice that seventh team? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a dilemma I'm going to have over the next twelve hours, sixteen yeah. hours, however long it is. I think that's a, a solid enough sounding team and given the, the payouts that are available, I would be putting that into the division two personally, but I do get that dilemma, John. I get that as well. So especially with some of the super rares that I have, they're your younger guys, they've maybe not, you know, they're not regulars. Some of them last season weren't really starting or playing every game. So to put five of them out is a, a big risk. So I was taking that opportunity to take the, the two more solid off the five and put them in division three lineups and, and try to have a stronger lineup there. But yeah, those five sound like they should give you a, a good chance in D2 this week. But the bottom line is, I mean, a game week like this with so many fixtures and obviously an increase in managers that have got eligible cards now that, you know, Europe's opening up. Um, you're going to have to hit the lights out in any division, pretty much. You know, there were weeks mm. over the summer where you could cobble together a four-man team or even in some of the higher divisions, you could just about get away. You'd get away with four super airs in the rare in Division 2, or you could get away with three uniques and two super airs in Division 1. You know, I think all of that goes out the window in, in weeks like this. And, you know, for the, for the big Saturdays now uh, over, the, over the course of the European season, you know, every, pretty much every card is in play or will be in the next couple of weeks. And if you're not scoring, I'll be surprised if 450 points in most divisions is good enough to get on the podium. I think you're going to be needing the 460, 470. And as you go up the divisions, you're going to be definitely needing, yeah, I think, I, I definitely think you're going to need 550 plus in a division one. I'd imagine that you need 500 in division two to win a prize. So take your question and put it in a different way. Is that team capable of getting you 500 points? If it is, you've got a chance no matter where you put it. If, you, if, if that team performs to 350 points, it's irrelevant where you put it. You might, you might end up getting a, a minor prize but it certainly won't be contesting for anything major at 350 points. I think these game weeks are right. Like the points fresh, the, the points required to do well definitely uh, gets jacked up. And I've, I've kind of chatted that recently. But the, the other thing as well is like DNPs are much more like crippling. Like, you know, if you do strike out, you've got like a DNP in your lineup, like forget it. There's, there's no there's no luck happening this week <laughs> where you, you know you, you skate by on a DNP and pick something up. You know, um, the game weeks like this, like for any, anyone who hasn't been in the bigger game weeks, just head count wise, like, um, I DNPs, you just get trampled by the mob, basically. You know, um, I've went, I've got 12 lineups out this week, I think, all in, so I'm pretty buzzing about that. Uh, I don't actually have that many Italian cards, so I don't think I'm really actually missing out on too much. Waiting on well, not well, I'm a dolphin, <laughs> so I am, I'm a dolphin. <laughs> Your laugh is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jimmy Carr eating a dolphin. <laughs> Called a dolphin. <laughs> um, but I, but I saw. So I was just um, when you guys were talking, I was just looking again at the price pool. I was actually um, with under twenty three D two. Like I get when the price pools came out, the very first thing I wanted to check for was at the very tip top of the pool if we were getting like uniques in D two and super rares in D three that kind of thing. But see, as I'm kind of looking at it a wee bit closer, like the only tier one super rare in U23D2 is for top spot, which I thought, was, considering the size of the game, like that is pretty shit. Like, um, but yeah, the, really under bad. 23 division two is definitely the ugly duckling. So, you know, yeah. maybe in hindsight, John, you, you may be better to, you know, I say, rather than breaking down from seven teams to six teams, if you've got an under 23 division two, three, and four team this week, are you happy with the strength of your under 23 division three team? If not, you know, maybe sacrifice division two, put your two strongest super rares as you see them in the under 23 division three and really go for, you know, as you said, let's, it's, it's a really good part conversation because you, you're looking at the prizes first, which, you know, I think most people should do. And then leading with your strongest foot for the prize that you want to win. And if at the end, you know, you, you might be able to get away with four, super rares and the rare as a token you know let's see if these guys hit it and if they don't doesn't matter uh in in division two but you you want to make sure that your under 23 division four and division three teams are, are as strong as they can be because if you sacrifice something out of the under 23 division three this week you, you know there's going to be some big hitting scores out there so no. um you're right, because I know with my under-23 Division 3, I stuck in like Cole Bassett and Nicholas Raskin as the two super rares, who are both kind of capable of 50s, 60s regularly enough. But I mean, those peak scores maybe won't happen as often as they will for the likes of Efren Alvarez and Jonathan David. So maybe I should switch them over and then redistribute the other lads. It's it's a really tough one. Like, And I, it's funny because last time I was building lineups was last season. And in the interim, that two months there, I bought a lot of cards and transitioned a lot of rares to super rares. And the headaches are just 10 times worse. You see, whenever you're like cross divisions and trying to work out prioritizations, it's a killer. Like, But it's very exciting as well. Question I wanted to ask um, all of you, actually, but uh, I know, Quinny, you said on the top of the show that... Uh, when you run your stream on a Thursday night, it's great because obviously as people comment as they go, everyone's almost helping each other along with, you know, trying to avoid DMPs and little tips on all which players will, will start, etc. Is, you know, we've come together for this uh, collaboration today and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have another one soon with the Andrews and, you know, we might, we might make this a little bit more of a theme, but there's so many places now to get your information from. So it's not just about, oh, You've got more cards than you could possibly need for the game week. It's also where do you rely the most to get your information to make the decisions on these cards as well? How much are you influenced by the people that uh, turn up on your stream and you know throwing tidbits into the comments? Um, well, it depends what the info is. Sometimes I'll, some uh, you guys will be the same. Also, Mark, it's kind of your your bread and butter. But I get quite like zoned into like a couple of teams and I just like really follow them quite heavily. Most of them have maybe had some sort of at least I kind of linked them a little bit or whatever, I had some sort of awareness of them before even so really existed. So then those kind of tertiary kind of cards I've got where it's like, oh, I've got one guy at Porto and I've got one guy at PSV and whatever. Sometimes you can quite easily not have your finger on the pulse with and it's like, oh, listen, he's actually um, suspended or he, oh, that guy's actually going to start now, that kind of thing. So if it's like concrete info, then um, it's always something I take into consideration. But I think with quite a lot of the time when I come to build my teams, like, if I, if I, I really, especially this game week as well, you know, because like 
with the amount of teams that are going out and everything that we are talking about now, every team, when I hit that green confirm button, I need to look at it and think, yeah, it's got a chance. It's built to win, you know. And what I'll tend to do, and anyone who kind of watches me, you guys, you know, obviously know this, but I'll just start with like where I want to go first, and it doesn't forget everything. That's where I pick my best card, and then I work backwards from there. And then, like sometimes it might hamstring me, like this game week, for example. The base point I started with was I'd selected all my keepers first. I just said goalkeepers like are blind. They're just cards for me this game week, and it's just like where can they all go to you know get them all in lineups because I've got enough positions to then once I've got all the goalkeepers in a row, I can just build around it from there. And I think this game week has set me up quite well to do to do it that way because then I'm not really worried too much about the individuals. Some of the tough kind of conundrums I've had this game week is trying to stop myself from just making it happen to get another lineup out because I really do hate doing that because it's never worked out for me. It always backfires. Um, it's kind of similar, I, I guess, in a, a little bit of a way to the situation John's in. Like the team is really good. John names, you know, Joe David up front could have a big game week, didn't do great last week. But, you know, strikers sometimes just need a game to get their feet wet and off the go. The point is, is like, when you, I've done it before where you stretch or you manipulate your gallery in such a way to make sure you can max out the teams and it's by moving around midfielders and forwards and defenders and that kind of thing and as I say I've just you know when I get stung by something when I make a mistake I do always do I, I do my utmost to make a new kind of habit that avoids that mistake even coming into my thinking with this kind of thing it's really hard obviously because I can look and go oh, well if I just move Ronaldo Sanchez then boom I've got, you know <laughs> it's tempting you know <laughs> And, and then and then with an hour to go, when you get someone that you trust share some information with you and says so that person and you're like, hmm, and it's almost like you've got to start making, you know, it's like Jenga, take out one brick and it's like, oh, I've got to start moving everything around and uh, you get the mad scramble with, uh, with with the clock ticking down. Again, I know John's been buying a lot of cards and you know, I had this kind of thing in mind as well go, going back, but typically when I'm buying super rares in particular, I've got them kind of earmarked already and like that's a U23 super rare, that's a champion Euro or that's a this or that's a that. So with those kind of situations, it can be hard as well. Like you say, like if, a, if a piece of the Jenga puzzle comes, then it's like, oh, I've really bought that guy to play global. I don't want to be taking him out of global and sticking him into challenger now or champion because of this other thing that's happened I forgot about or wasn't aware of. And that can kind of test your resolve in a way as well, I suppose. I've just bought my first Belgian card of the new season. Congrats, what was it? Sorry? I think he asked who was it. Vic Chambere. He is the new, in my eyes already, just because he plays for Gink and is a goalkeeper and he's young. He is the new Martin van der Voort. I've just, that's it. I don't care what he does from now on. I've got him as Martin van der Voort understudy or probably understudy. Toby, understudy. Toby Layson is the understudy, surely to God. Yeah, no, I've got him. But this yeah. is a, it's nice. I only went for this one. First rookie card I've ever bought for a European as well. That's very exciting. I love them. I think they look great. I've actually, the reason I've been quiet for the last like five minutes is I just made a deal. Um, literally live, a guy messaged me. So Abdul Nuruddin, don't know if you're familiar with him. Open, yeah. (laughs) But listening to the the Belgian podcast, those guys were singing his praises. He's on the platform. He's getting game time this season. Under twenty three, he's goalkeeper. Da 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 da. And I just traded him for my Strakosha. Now Strakosha will be worth more when he starts getting game time. But I've had the guy for a year. He's not under twenty three. He's by no means nailed. It's a fair enough swap, isn't it? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Merrick's going to start tomorrow, yeah? I don't have a clue who's starting, and no, that's no, why I got rid of him. He's not playing in Syria, but... Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I think... Look, I think we all know that goalkeepers is a, is, is a lottery at the best of times. You've, you've got the ability to, you know, 
I don't know who Valencia's goalkeeper is going to be this week. Someone told me that Sillison and Dominic are both injured. So, you know, when you get one that's starting, you know, you can sell them into a rally or you, you, you can take advantage of a card that you may have picked up cheap. I'm just over the moon there. Like, I'm, I'm actually buzzing, lads. I just traded a keeper that hasn't had any utility for me now, and that's just enabled uh, Challenger D3 lineup for me. So now I can use those players that I wasn't going to use. This is brilliant. And sometimes that's important, isn't it, as well? It's not the... So if you're saying Strakosha might be worth a bit more once games are back and once he's playing again, but it's giving you utility right now. So something you've not had from Strakosha over the, the last year, and that might continue again. So just ha- having the ability to, to write that off and now have a, another lineup is that worth more to you? 100%, because I think, like, you know, in terms of market prices, they were pretty much the exact same. I chucked the guy, like, not point not like a threshold win for his trouble for, like, facilitating my move um, more than anything, because they're literally the same value on the market. But for me... Short term, even if Strakosha does start playing, whatever, at least back in a week or two's time, however long, you know, I won't be able to trust him enough to really put him in a competitive lineup. Whereas now what I've just bought basically for 0.02 is on top of being under 23s, um, as opposed to Strakosha, who's older than that, I've just bought three, four, five weeks of utility minimum. So I think it's an absolute steal when you can do that, you know, um, unless you think the player in question can go on to become to have a huge price, you know, I mean, or be very collectible or something. But in terms of SO5 utility, it's a no-brainer. I think also with goalkeepers like that, um, there is a quite a, a narrow price range. Uh, so if, for example, something goes wrong with Strakosha or what have you, you can be pretty confident that for a certain budget, you can go back and pick up a goalkeeper like him, uh, him or, or, or very much like him. Uh, it's unlikely he's going to shoot the lights out and suddenly become a, a 0.6, 0.7 goalkeeper. And if he loses his place, then we all know he's going to drop down to, uh, you know, next to nothing. But there's a lot of goalkeepers that I feel that are in that bracket, maybe 0.25 to 0.4. And so if you've got someone that you want, that's better because you know that there's always, you know, if you really do need a goalkeeper or replacement, short or long term, there's going to be a pool of goalkeepers of a similar ilk that you can always go back to and, uh, and pick up or trade for. Yeah, that's fair. So with this game week then, who have you got your your hopes on? What players, what teams, who are you really looking forward to being back? Mark, obviously it's Liverpool for for you, but John, Quinny? I'm going to just jump right in with this one. There's one team that I am absolutely, like, I am very, very excited for. It's probably for, and, and it's so good that I don't even think it should be in D. What I might do is I'm going to take that Schubert. Oh my God, I've just fixed all my problems. This is amazing, guys. I've literally just, oh. So what's going to happen now is in D4, I was going to have Erwin Muller, Milan Van Uyck, uh, the Hernavin sort of defensive stack. And then Davy Klassen, Dusan Tadic and Stephen Berghaus as the other three. I thought in D4 Challenger, that's just like, that's nearly a dream team. But what I'm going to do now is, oh, no, maybe I won't. I hate this game. I've, no, I'm not going to do it. Oh. Anyway. Live procrastination. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. So I'm going to take Marcus Schubert out of that D2 team, I think. I'm going to up my D3 under 23s. And with the Schubert, I'll take him over to Challenger D3 maybe. Um, stick him with Dohiki, the other um, player from Vitesse. And then I'll have another three forwards. But I don't know if I want to switch Ajax in there to D3 because I think Class and Tadic and Berghaus could compete with any super rares on their day, particularly with a fixture like that. 
but it's that it's that's the next question. It is is D three worth it when everything's so competitive? When there's so many lineups? When there's so many fixtures? Is it worth it with only one super rare? That is a goalkeeper. Probably not. So I think my team for this week, I'll probably leave these guys here. Erwin Van Mulder, Milan Van Newick, Davy Klaas and Talich and Burkhouse. If that doesn't win me a prize, I quit. Like, I'm not going to bore you with the rest of my teams. That's my standout team of the week, I think. Or D3, Challenger. D4, Challenger, because none of them are super rare. Do you know that's uh, the killer? Uh, okay. I'd need to probably get like a Jacob Rasmussen or Doheke or whoever super rare to partner with the Schubert to go with that Ajax stack. 330. Prizes this this week in Depot Challenger at the moment, fourteen hundred entries. That's pretty good odds. Well, I feel bad for the thirteen hundred and ninety nine other managers in there with me. I'm not going to lie. That confident. <laughs> I'm sounding like Hybe here. I wait. I can't wait to see this. He's already found the DMP in your lineup, and he's not going to tell you. Yeah. I think my favourite team is probably D two because it's just been something I've been kind of trying to buy towards for a good while. I've got a Slavic super rare in goals. Captain Ashraf Hakimi at home at Strasbourg. Sebastian Legette in midfield. It's a bit of a gamble, but I bought him as like a D2 midfielder. That's kind of something I kind of touched on earlier. And then I'm going double striker up front. I'm playing Larson, who's at home. Super rare, of course. And uh, Joseph Martinez, who's at home to LAFC, who have got no defence at the moment. So I'm quite hopeful on that. I've been building for it for a while. So if it falls flat in his face or I get a DNP or... Sebastian Legette doesn't play or is shit or something I'll be raging <laughs> Hi mate um, out of your millions and millions of cards can you narrow it down to a five for us I'm just looking at, at the lineups that I'm most excited about this. Should, we, should we go and hold for a few minutes we might have to I'm just going to have a look at the under 23 ones here I mean, it's your turn Mark it has to be a non-Liverpool centric lineup. yeah exactly okay I, I, got, I got one for you Neuer Sule or Davis. I'm deciding I'm, I don't know if Davis is now a starter Kimmich Lewandowski and unique Torgan Hazard <laughs> Get out of here mm, nice. Right, I've got a Champion Europe D3 So Oblak, Alaba, Parejo And then the, the two superiors Voland and Leon Bailey Hopefully making his debut But That's I'm dodgy, not and, and It's a dodgy one but we'll so, see. Dodgy. <laughs> so, so wait, so wait let, Let's just get this straight Harvey. You, you got how many cards? And you a got few. for an Aston Villa player you don't need to play. They're playing league. Watford. They're playing okay. Watford. They only showed up five minutes ago. I know, but right. So what? He'll get, get, get a hat trick, Quinny, and we'll get ridiculed next week. On the let's see what Sorry. the other what what other options do we have here that we could use? So Go for the Rodex. A, a Bruno <laughs> Gomez. Oh, aye. We're playing Bruno Gomez over Leon Bailey, no problem, man. I don't know. He's one of these players, right? That I have. I'm not confident in yet. Do you know? And John, you sort of touched on it before. That you've got players that do here. They can put in a, a 50 or a 60. They might not put in a, a really peak score, but you're just not that confident in, in them every game week. I think yeah. Marius is a bit like that for me. Yeah. So we've got Pablo Fornals. We could go West Ham against Newcastle. I thought you said you had like 400 cards here, Hybe. What's going on? <laughs> I know, but they're, not... they're all used. I've got 16 lineups in. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. 16, that's nice. West Ham and Villa, when you're getting to that, you're really dire straits, aren't you? I know, but so like Cashier is used in under 23s, Cherokee's used in, in a D2, Samari's used, Doku's been used, has been used. Yeah, I might even have to rely on a Thomas Party. Thomas Party, is he not injured? Yes, it's, if you're is relying it? on him, Hybe, then uh, why don't the three of us finish <laughs> off this pod and you go to the transfer market and have a look at Butchers? <laughs> I really have to have a look at these guys. I think he's just started like a protective boot in his foot. He was on a bike today or something, I've seen. 
Oh, it's Pedraza's time then. Yeah. I'll have to get him in. You're not using... I mean, every week, for 49 weeks, every week, without fail, we've had a an Mbappe plug. So far, special edition, number 50, game week, first week... Right, which Mbappe? Let's, let's go and have a look. Let's see what, what have the lined well, up sure, Surely he gets in over an injured Thomas party somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but well, let's see where he is. Ooh, hmm. Yeah, we've got Mbappe in with Maddy Kamara, Saliba, Kashiri, and Etienne Green. But... There's tweaks still to be had. Can I can I annoy you now? Yeah. And right, which one of these would you pick? Which one of these will play? Because I don't know if any of them will play. Right? Will Coop Miners play? Sergio Oliveira, Hans Vanneken. Hans Vanneken and Sergio Oliveira haven't been getting ninety minutes recently, and I think Coop Miners, because of his transfer, has been kind of in and out. Yeah, I don't even Vanneken out. It's like, what is that about? Big hands, like hero with a platform. I don't... Duquette's taking over the world. Yeah. She makes up for a sale in a few days, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, uh, it looks like the Sunday Power Hour one, yeah. yeah. It'll be his third one, interesting, for such a young kid. This will be his third, uh, third unique. That means it's worthless, then, yeah. Hopefully we'll do bids on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at right, well, why, 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 why don't we put to one side everyone's uh, uh, selection dilemmas and uh, move swiftly on to the new scarcity of cards which are coming out tomorrow at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock for us. Oh, wow, really? I wanted purple. Green, I voted, yeah, I voted purple. I wanted green for Ireland, but then it should be the unique colour, really. So um, I don't mind. Yellow, is, this I from, think it's... is this from Card Collectible, like the traditional mark? No, no, I'm just I'm saying it should be unique because it's like the best in Ireland and all. I'm trying to be yeah, patriotic okay. here, Howie. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, I actually think the gold's a beautiful colour. It is a beautiful colour of card, and I think the previews and the cards I've seen, you can actually go, if you go on to So Rare now, and you just, like, change the back end of the link, like, if you click on a player you like, like I've done it, where you just adjust the back of the link to, say, limited one or whatever, and it'll show you their, their card that's coming up tomorrow. Have you done that or seen that? Uh, I've seen Perez doing a tweet. Yeah. Uh, card. I, I didn't know how he done it, but that's interesting. But so, like, if you... If you want to see any of them, like go to Belgium because they're all going to be out. Go to like find Hans Vanneken, find his one of a hundred from um, this season, his rare or whatever, whatever. Pick any of the cards that are one of a hundred this season and just adjust the back end to limited and it'll pop up. But anyway, I think they're a beautiful card to what I'm getting at. Um, I think, I think it's, I just think it's brilliant. I don't really have any downside here. The, the sort of scaremonger and worries about rare card prices, I think, is bollocks, to be honest with you. I think if you're on so rare and you think a one of a thousand scarcity is going to ruin the platform in any way, shape or form, if you think it's nothing, anything but positive, you just shouldn't be investing in this or investing is maybe the wrong word. You shouldn't have money in here. Like if you think this is a bad thing, what are you doing? Like what did you think was the the, the end, end game plan whenever the CEO was talking about millions of users? Do you think one of a hundreds is what it was always going to be? I think it's amazing. And I think anyone with any sort of worries is either very short termist or... I don't know. They're just scaremongering for the crack. I just, I just don't get any negativity. Not that there's been too much of it. Does anyone, yeah. does anyone think the negativity is fair? I've not seen too much negativity. I think, I think people genuinely are concerned, right? So people sometimes, when there's any change, people do think quite short term, and it's about the protection of the value of their, their portfolio, their collection, their cards, and so any perceived change or that's going to maybe impact that and when it's unknown because a lot of this stuff comes we've just got us all talking about it on twitter and all the social media platforms without knowing the full 
details until it comes in and how that impacts the, the ecosystem. So I think, yeah, some people are a little bit nervous, but I've not personally seen too much negativity. Um, maybe I've just been keeping off Discord a bit more this week. But yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment, though. Definitely, this is about taking this to the next level. This is about letting people come in on a smaller budget. This is about making this game available for the masses and allowing more and more people to actually enjoy the SO5 element of Surreal. And that's what we've seen over the probably the last three, four months is people struggling maybe to, to get into the current arena, so Division 4 upwards, because of maybe the, the high prices of, of some of the players. And this gives a platform to get in and enjoy the same thing. Yeah, it can only be a positive for me. I like it. I like the fact that they've clearly said from the outset that you know it's like it's, they've almost bought, built themselves another mini game. You know, with you know, it's a nice kind of little training pool kind of thing. So I like the way it's been set up. I think a lot of the criticism. I think the real intention of it was just for for. Uh, also, I'm speaking on behalf of people here, so who knows, right? But I think a lot of the time people overreact on things, and the, the, the kind of net result most people are kind of hoping for is just something reasonable happens. But I think some people have maybe been scarred or they're worried that if you just assume people will be reasonable and do things well and you just let them go on with it, that they'll do the opposite and they'll actually, like, fuck it up. <laughs> so I think sometimes it's a lot bit of that where people think, oh, better give them hell to make sure they do their job properly, you know? Otherwise, they're going to just slack off and not do anything. <laughs> we can't have that. I think, it's I think it's just uncertainty. I mean, look, everybody wants to act with perfect information, and we've said this in the past. There has to be an element... It's, it's a game. There has to be a speculative element to this game. And yes, I appreciate that, you know, Surreal need to be mindful and respectful of the fact that people are investing and putting money on to, to play this game, in many cases, considerable amounts of money to play the game. But I don't think any of us can expect to have all the information to hand in order to make decisions. And even if we had the perfect information, had everything we could possibly want to know, we still can't predict or foresee which way the markets are going to go. The bottom line is, over the last two and a half years, the booms and and retracements of, of valuations of cards have come because of, I think Makaleli uh, summed it up perfectly in the Discord earlier, it's, it's about the supply and meeting that supply with the cards. In the early years, it was easy. You know, there wasn't enough managers. They could put cards out. They could speed it up, slow it down, and the cards would still find their way into wallets and people would pay a fair price. We only really saw in February of this year a big change. There was a massive influx of managers, I wouldn't say it was panic at Sarair, but it got to the stage where they had to put more supply on the market. And that supply, unfortunately, which has caused a few uh, uh, situations in the last couple of months, that supply had to come at the expense of, shit, we're going to run out of cards towards the end of the season. But they put those cards in the market. Even that wasn't enough because we saw how quickly prices then dropped in April, May, and have you know, tapered off since. But it's going to happen again. If they are going to announce this 500 million raise, which I think it seems there's no smoke without fire. It seems that is something which is a high high probability now. If that has any sort of similar impact to the 50 million raise, then it's, these 1,000 uh, limited cards of each player are going to be an absolute godsend because there's certainly not enough rares and super rares to help give enough supply to the uh, another big massive influx of managers if we go from eight nine thousand users to quickly to fifteen thousand we're all going to be very thankful for this a thousand limited um scarcity otherwise we're just going to see you know certain cards just go off into 
into silly, silly, crazy figures. Yeah, I think it's needed as well. It was something I was saying also that I think the, the one of a thousand thing from their perspective, I think it's just like a maximum. Like, you know, they let's call a spade a spade for who's here the now in the kind of next let's say immediate wave of people that might sign up just as a direct result of oh there's a lower price point they don't need a thousand of each player to satisfy that you know but you're the limited edition yeah or the limited scarcity um maybe the maybe the now like let's say for example with the amount of managers that are and the appetite for them let's say really you would only want maybe another hundred maybe another 150 of every player on the platform to go out to kind of get everyone tuned up with unlimited team that they'd be happy with. But it's then for those big events, like you're saying, Mark, like the new raise of money or a big license comes on or, you know, some sort of influencer gets involved or whatever, then those cards, they can very, like, guilt-free, just turn the tap on and just go, woof, there's another 500 of everyone, you know, and people can go and buy them and it's, you know, it, and then it's not like, oh, we've got these new users, we need another new scarcity. So I think they've got that kind of thing in, he in their head where it's like that limit, they'll probably get not much of an intention of reaching that for every card and for probably most cards in the immediate kind of situation. But as things develop and things grow, then they know they've got a tap. They can just turn on guilt free and not worry about fucking up price pools and values of cards and all the rest of it. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you just do the basic maths, I mean, look, take a look at the European season. European season goes from now through till May, and we know that they're going to need cards through till when the next season photos come in next August. So you've got 52 weeks, pretty much. So you've got a full year of, of rares coming onto the market. Well, we already know that they, they want to try and keep 50% of that back for prizes, which means this year we're going to see 50 rare cards. And the nice thing is that most of the European clubs are going to be on at the beginning of the season. So last year when we had you know, Liverpool and Galatasaray and various other clubs, they came in January, February. So yes, we did start to see a few more cards gone to the market in quick succession. But now everyone starting today that's on the platform is going to have 50 rares over 52 weeks. That's one where what's one rare a week, guys. That is it. If they stick to the sort of supply dynamics uh, that, that they're working towards. So imagine now one Mbappe rare per week coming on the platform. You miss it. You have to wait another week. You miss it. You wait another week. But in two weeks' time, you'll also have a hell of a lot more users competing for that Mbappe. I think, I mean, I, I'm maybe overly optimistic, and uh, but I, I think we could see some absolutely parabolic card price increases on the right cards. And I'm not saying across the board. you still got to pick your battles and pick the right cards. But anyone good on form, I think, could be frightening this year. But it's because of the way that they're going to drip feed the cards onto the market. We're not going to suddenly get to the end of September and find out that 20 Mbappes have been sold on auction. So I think people are going to have to plan ahead. If you want certain cards, if they're not on the market or you can't get them from another manager, you're going to think, am I able to win the auction when it comes around once a week right now? Uh, and if they speed it up to twice a week, I, I can't see them doing that because then we're going to run out of cards by, by February, March. And we know we need those cards to see us through to the end of end of the season and beyond until the new, new season starts again. So I think the supply more than ever uh, is going to shock a few people. And then when you think of super rare cards, you see a nice super rare card you fancy at auction today. Great. You might not see that card at auction again for four or five weeks. So you've got to win it or you've got to prize it off another manager that owns one. And if it's a brand new super rare, 
that isn't that's from a new licensed team, you're going to have a five-week head start over the, you know, the one of 10 is going to have a five-week head start over the two of 10, potentially, if it's not one. I think these are crazy. These are, these, this is going to have a massive impact. Anyone that's crunching the numbers on experience, you know, those extra one or two percents to add up, on the right card, then you've got the one percent. Uh, I agree with you, Mark. You're kind of breaking up on my end. I don't know if that's true, everyone. But you're kind of breaking Sorry. up. Sorry. I've, I've been over super rare before, and you guys have been. I'll, I'll uh, you can cut that last bit out then. But, you know, but for, from an optimism point of view, uh, I think people are going to be shocked by the, the supply. And in three months' time, after the fundraise announcements, once the new scarcity is up and running, Anyone aspiring to move up to rares and up to super rares, I think is going to be in for a shock because they're going to be competing with so many more people for those cards. Um, and I don't think they'll be able to produce them more than the rate of one a week. You see, and this is me just going off on a mini rant to kind of compliment that, right? And again, disclaimer, I say this in my podcast all the time. I am very bullish, as are the four of us. We all make content. We all love this platform. A um, couple of you have all been on longer than me. Two of you are, are culpable for making me get involved. So yeah, there's your disclaimer. Pinch of salt, do your own research, all that malarkey, right? But I think if, if as you're saying about that 500 million, if that does come to fruition, no smoke without fire, I mean, where we're going here and what I see, and I've talked to, to Quinny about this before, is like a, an app that we've never seen before, an app that there's a free-to-play model, there's a one-of-a-thousand scarcity, potentially one day there's a one-of-a-ten-thousand scarcity. NFTs will become more mainstream, and this app, for me, will become the new Flash score, except there will be video, except there will be, you know, like video clips of goals of players you own, a lot more interactive. The first sort of football social media platform, they've got the follows um, going on at the minute, but there's no real functionality for that whenever we get to the stage where you can share clips of your players, you can interact with actual footballers who have their little green ticks. I think like I, I'm looking five years down the line. And if if you're mean to tell me that crypto punks, which are a random, I get, I get the, the significance of a crypto punk, but at the same time, if they're going for millions and so rare cards record sales now, or what, what's the highest ever one was at the Ronaldo unique for like 280 grand or something, or was there another one? Um, yeah, no, 280. Yep. Around that, like figure, yeah. 280 grand. If you mean to tell me that official proper IP licensed cards of football, the most popular sport, one of the most popular things on the planet, Ronaldo, the most followed person on its social media. If you mean to tell me that the official licensed card of his number one unique, blah, 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 can't go for at least a crypto punk down the line. I'd, I'd bet you a lot of money you're wrong. And that's just me. And maybe I'm wrong. But that that's my bet on so rare. And I think this one of a thousand facilitates that growth, facilitates so much for the platform that anyone weary or wary of their rare card prices in the short term, okay, maybe half fair enough, kind of. But I think if you're here with a long-term cap on, it's it's incredible. And I think when I seen the one of a thousand, my balls tingled because I was like, oh God, the ambition is there. And when you see the 500 million rumors, it's like, dear God, the potential here, do you know? That's my wee rant. Um, I'm just incredibly excited about it all, to be honest with you. I think likewise. And I think since I've been on, I've constantly had that feeling. And I think maybe the, the last three or four months, it's been a slower period, but we know there's been big, big things building and we're building towards this new scarcity and you know, looking at an app, looking at actually doing some proper advertising and marketing off this thing and this, this rumour of... Yeah, five hundred million is is not really going away. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be on it. But you don't want to get carried away either. But I think 
you're right, John. You can see the, the potential in there. We've all heard from Nicholas speaking in the past around his vision and where he sees this platform. You touched upon a lot of the interactive stuff there that is is definitely the, the future of this space. And I think the NFT world and the crypto world is is quite new to a lot of people. And as more adoption comes, these things become more possible. Um, yeah, finance and funding, it's going to take time. We've just moved to, to L2. So there's, there's a lot of things that are going to be needed to happen before we get to that, that space, but it's all within the art of the possible, isn't it? It's not, it's not that crazy. It's not actually that out there, even though it might seem like that right this, this second, but I could absolutely see this platform taking over your, your FPL as the, the hub that people go to for their gameplay for, for fantasy football. The the sofa score or the flash mob that you mentioned is the place people go to to see the highlights or the scores, the results of their favourite players. And you know, I think we're also seeing people moving away from just supporting particular clubs and supporting players. And this platform enables that. You've got you touched on it again, John, with having the the, the players actually on the site with their their ticks. So having that ability to I got that a couple of weeks ago, an offer from Timo Werner. You know, how, how exciting was that? I was absolutely buzzing that day. Managed to, like, you know, being able to reject Timo Werner and thinking, what a, t- what a tight arse. He could have, the wages he's on, he could afford a, at least to bring it up to the, the market value for that player. Um, yeah, definitely. There's, there's so much coming, so much to be excited about. And yeah, limited cards are one of the enablers to get us there very very smooth soothing voice there Harvey it's falling asleep <laughs> I can't attend to do that don't I no I, I, I agree with all that sunrise editions <laughs> a nice a nice target there I think they're Giant beautiful spider <laughs> I was like what, what have I missed this morning when I seen them I was like I looked at I'm like have I missed an announcement or something these things just uh, arrived on the platform then the announcement was was there on discord Hopefully it goes a bit smoother than than golden, but um, I think the cards themselves are lovely. I mean, do I want an Eden Jacko Sunrise Edition card? Not particularly, but I mean, if there was a player I wanted and I had my eye on, would I pay an extra point one, point two, point whatever for them? Possibly. For me, probably not. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't look at paying any additional price for for well, especially the, the European players. But I think there was a, a Japanese player, Sarir Japan. Yeah, exactly. A few that Sarir Japan had his eyes on. There's three or four Japanese players. No Minamino. No Minamino, yeah. What's that about? Well, he's in a bundle, isn't he, apparently? Can't oh. Uh, okay. But there are some bundle players. There's a couple of Lazio on there. There's a couple of, there is a couple that have been... I mean, we can say whatever we like now, because Hybe's not going to edit it by the time that these things are, are bought. I think they're okay. Uh, the, the one thing I... Two things I don't like about them. The one thing I don't like about main thing is there's two of each version. Now, I don't mm. mind that 50 are sitting in Japan and that, you know, you have to be a Japanese national to sign up and bid through CoinCheck. That's not a problem. But I think as we saw with the team of the year cards, you've got two of everybody. Well, why not just a 50 here and 50 there or 25 here and 25 there and at least make them one of ones, these special edition. Now, no matter where they get bought, we're going to have two of every single one again, which I think takes the shine off them a little bit. Uh, I'd much rather have just seen a smaller amount of cards split in half rather than 100 and then two of each. Because if you own one of these now, there's going to be a, a doppelganger of it somewhere else. 
um, mm. after they've been bought in Japan. The second thing is can't see the shirt numbers. That's probably a, maybe a minor point. Yeah, they are awkward enough to see, I suppose. I hear you. I hear you. Maybe maybe I would be naive and pen a bit more, but I think it depends on the player, obviously. Look, I think, again, as we've just uh, said on the last segment, in a year from now, when there are threefold, fivefold, tenfold, how many more fold players there are, one of these cards in a, in a good team playing well is going to stand out on the transfer market over its rare, you know, non-special uh, edition equivalents. Um, but if you're looking at it, Gail, going, yeah, I'm going to buy him for 0.6 when he's normally 0.4, I'm going to look to try and sell him at 0.8. I think you're going to need to be a little bit more patient to find the find the buyer. Yeah, that's fair. But good, definitely good to see the partnership and be interesting to see how that goes. And yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's that's the key part is the fact they've reached another marketplace. Can't remember how many million users the CoinCheck has, but it's going to give exposure to a very interesting part of the world, a part of the world that you know Sorrera already well prepared for with you know a season and a half of J League under its belt. So you know if they come and see these, and then they get to, to see you know players from the clubs that they support and follow, then yeah, I think it could uh, could be a, a you know nice win win. It's not about us going over to Japan and buying all the cards. Off the off the exchange there. It's about you know hopefully these cards fall into the hands of the right uh, right type of people and they get encouraged to come and use the Sorare native site and uh, and this kickstart their collection. That's it. Yeah, It'd be interesting to see what the kind of transition is for, for for this, but also for those that maybe picked it up through Golden or or other routes as well. Because we've seen the the Dream Weave ones on on OpenSea in the past. Has there been a a decent conversion of new users? finding Syria via advertising there or is it just too early do we need to keep doing these things what i'm trying to say is is a one-off maybe not enough we might not see the result and it takes time to build up within those communities as well because they have lots of existing you know sales there's, there's lots of things that are quite well known on each of the, those platforms that are people's go-tos and nft football cards Without the understanding how you utilize them, the gameplay of that, getting that feeling of first winning your, your first awards or putting in your, your your teams and actually seeing them compete, I don't know how that quite translates. So it's, it's maybe one that just takes a bit of time, but it's going to be interesting to, to see that conversion rate. I mean, it's a pretty cool who's who towards the end of the hour. Or Black Ship, Lewandowski, Zaniolo, Immobile, Cherky, Neymar. I mean, yeah, if, this definitely was, if this was players. at the beginning of a season... With new 21, 22 cards, I think these would be off the charts. I mean, as it is, obviously all of us that have been on the platform for a longer period of time, we've seen these cards, we've had the opportunity to own these cards in various different uh, formats, but I still think it's, you know, quite a nice end of season. Uh, yeah, special. I think so. Quinny, got your eyes on anyone? Uh, for the new scarcity? Uh, I'm no, no, of... for, these, for these Sunrise editions. Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Quinny's I mean, been sleeping that. for the last 10 minutes. No, it's no, just... I... I don't know if you have noticed, but the Zoom kicked me out and brought me back in about three times there. So I've only caught bits and pieces of the last five minutes. Apologies. But the Sunrise ones, I really like them. Um, but these special editions that are off-platform or whatever, I've never really gave them much. I always forget most auctions are on so rare anyway. Never find ones that are on a third-party website. Um, so, yeah, they look lovely, but I won't be hunting any of them down or anything. Yeah, that's fair. That's a conversation stuff, wasn't it? Right. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's been good. I've, uh, when that, all that connection stuff was dicking out, I've ended up just... Um, Who have you bought? 
<laughs> I'm not buying one yet. I've got a negotiation over a, a super rare mids that I've been that I tried to get on auction three times and failed. It's not Goretzka. Um so I might get lucky and strike it rich, then that'll be me set. Of course. I'm not gonna tell you who it is in case you sniping. <laughs> not not gonna do that. Uh, right. Oh let me I could probably oh yes, I was about to say I could do this off the top of my head without even reading it. Could you? Uh, I honestly, I'm not going to read it. You won't believe me. I'll turn my camera on and cover my eyes if you don't believe me. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know if we, I bet we could put you off. You could put me off. I let distract you. Right. I'm going to turn my video on. Can you see me? Have you seen that under 23 auction that just came up? No. Let me. I'll look at it first. Will I? What's it? <laughs> or should I be? <laughs> should I be? <laughs> that was me just trying to put you off. You failed already. Oh, Are you fucked? <laughs> Right, okay. You put me off putting John off. <laughs> right, well, I try it. Go for it. Okay, so, so that brings us to the end of today's So Rare Fantasy Football podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, like and subscribe to help introduce the concept to more... Oh, fuck. To... to oh, to help introduce the amazing concept to more managers around the world. Goodbye. Is that it? Is that close? Yeah. That is very close. Apart from, the, <laughs> apart from the expletives, that was almost bang on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a concept. I, that always rings, because I listen, and then whenever I hear that come out, and, and the intro and the outro, they're both very recognisable. I'm, I'm going to have to, yeah, change this to an explicit episode this week. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy enough to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, it. I think we should wish everybody every success this game week and for those that have been waiting patiently with uh, European cards. Now is your time. Go out there, fill your boots and uh, and also enjoy, yeah, all the news that's, uh, that's been gone and uh, is, is upcoming. Yellow cards. Who's going to get their hands on the very first uh, one of a thousand tomorrow? <laughs>